Sometimes, even when it comes to prayers, you think that you are being troubled. I think there was a portion where the man actually spoke about how some priests are praying, but they don't even know what they are doing. But it's really causing a lot of impact. It's like they don't know, they don't see anything happening, but in the realms of the spirit, so much is happening. So much is happening. So it's time that we begin to understand when you listen to the testimonies of those that have been in the camp of darkness you realize that many Christians do not really know what they carry many Christians do not really know what they carry but you realize that your understanding of what you carry really really matters because uh, being ignorant of who the Lord has made you or being ignorant of what is made available to you in the kingdom is, is a very very sad experience because it's as if you are an unbeliever I mean somebody who, who doesn't even know and an unbeliever that has knowledge of certain principles in the world might even do better than you so it's very very, very important that we know what we carry not just for saint's sake, but for our practical life experience. Do you understand that? Yeah. For our practical life experience. So much has been given to us. Hopefully today, I believe, by the, before I end the message, one of the objectives is that you'll be able to appreciate what has been handed over to you as an individual and what has been handed over to us collectively as church. Or, or humanity. It's very, very important. Okay. So, last week I started teaching and I started explaining that that there is so much that has to do with the fathers of faith. The fathers of faith. Those that we call the heroes of faith. Or the prophets of old. Or some would say the patriarchs. They had so much and you realize that their actual focus was not really on blessing as in physical blessing of course the lord said surely blessing i'll bless you but you realize that their experience was way beyond what the ordinary mind can comprehend so with the ordinary mind if God says that I will bless you or I'm going to give you uh, or I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Then all of a sudden you begin to think that, okay, father of many nations. Okay, let me find a way to uh, become a father of many nations. God has said it, so I have to become. So which way? How can I become a father of many nations or all nations? Okay. The best idea that will come to you is the Solomonic uh, principle. Okay, then let me make peace with all my neighbors. Let me make peace with the queens and let me make peace with all the all the all the women and uh, everybody that is into something else. I don't want to have any problem. So if I don't want to have any problem, I'll marry from here, marry from there, marry from there, marry from there, have concubine from here. You know, it's a it's a very very nice principle because definitely if. You know how marriage actually binds. So 
Oh, he has married our daughter. So let's see that you are here and then our president is married to a Nigerian a lady in Nigeria. It will be very difficult for Ghana and Nigeria to have a war because we have been bonded by one. So it's a very, very good principle. So when the Lord spoke to Abraham and even the other people, you realize that they didn't really think about how to make it happen. Do you understand? Because what they were seeing was way beyond what we can actually measure. Because practically, if if really you have to be a part of a nation, then I'll, I'll try and have a lady from every tribe. Every tribe. Every country. And it's possible. Men, for men, it's possible. You tell them to time their seasons and everything. So when it's time, then you come. you are within your relationship period and come then I deliver come then I deliver I will stress myself but I'll have a lot of children I'm the father of many nations <laughs> but the understanding was very very different so we looked at the various points that were highlighted open to Hebrews 11 I just hope that we'll all have this approach to life. Hebrews 11, verse number 13. Okay, so to give you an idea of what I'm saying, 11, 11, 11. Is that through faith also Sarah herself received strength To conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sun which is by the seashore innumerable innumerable okay and said, these all died in faith. So what I just read was talking about Sarah and Abraham's experience. So these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. Say this after me. Having seen them afar off. Having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them. And embraced them. And embraced them. And confessed that they were strangers. And confessed that they were strangers. And pilgrims. And pilgrims. On the earth. On the earth. Life is very, very short, no matter the magnitude of uh, blessing that you think you can have. Life is very, very, very short. And if life is defined by what a man actually possesses, then many men should not pass away. Or some of the names that we have had, we, we should still see them alive. And you realize that the rich is actually investing so much into technology, into science, 
into things, ways and means by which they can have their lives prolonged. So some way, somehow, there is a test and a desire for uh, immortality or a certain kind of uh, eternal life. Do you understand? A desire for eternal life. So there's a lot of research for you know. And when you look into time past, many of the myths, many of the old time stories, it's like they are all looking for something that will make them live longer or something that can help to overcome death. So that has been the desire of almost every man because death has been the fear of many. But finding out the true solution has become the, a very major problem now. So now in science, I think many of you have heard of cryopreservation and all that. A lot of a lot of things going on. People are actually paying that the moment they die now, quickly, 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 they shouldn't wait for their body to decompose. They should quickly, quickly preserve them because they believe that in some years to come, science will, I mean, advance to the point that we can wake the people up from life. Because if we are able to uh, revive, I mean, dead organisms, little, little, I mean, microbes and things, then okay, what about big, big organisms? Maybe, uh, let's, let, let's see, let's, let's preserve the things and then let's see. So science is actually trying to perceive something. And when it comes to the aspect of molecular biology, they are trying to find out so many things, trying to study certain enzymes that okay, these enzymes make people younger. So is there a way where we can actually ensure that these enzymes will be there? So what at all is this mechanism that is causing aging? Hallelujah. I don't want to go into the technicalities of that. I'm just giving you an idea so that you can understand. You see? So if there is that thing that is there that can make people long, live longer, then why don't we increase the quantity of that thing? Do you get it? Why don't we increase the quantity? If, if, if we're able to increase the quantity of that thing, that means aging will reduce, then there will be more life. More life. But all the years have proven that time is still very, very, very short. So Jesus made it clear that when it comes to the quality or the standard of life, it is not measured by the abundance of things that a man possesses. In our generation or in our time, that is how we quantify things. So you can see the gap between our perception and the perception of Jesus. Very, very huge. In our generation, we say that this man is wealthy, or this man is rich, or this man is, is powerful. These are the, the, the people in the corridors of power. These are the people that run the nation, they run the cities, you see. But Jesus said, even with that definition, it makes sense to the ordinary mind. But it is, it is an understatement or it is, it is below the true definition of the worth of a man. Hallelujah. Jesus made it clearly that there's no amount of you have in this world that you can actually exchange for the soul of a man. Meaning that if you want to talk about the things that are so dear, the things that are so precious, you need to look into 
the life of man. Hallelujah. That's why for a man to really have a lasting impact with your name engraved on, on, the, on the tablets of the heart of men, that means your influence should have extended to men so much. Your influence, your impact in the life of men. So now, your investment is more in men. For instance, let's say that uh, you have someone that is very rich. But then, everybody knows that, that that man is wicked. Even people will wish you to die. Do you get it? People will wish that you are not even there because they see that you are not even using your wealth to bless any man. I think that everybody understands very well. So it's quite sad that the enemy has managed to deceive the masses that that, that is the true definition of what success is. But I feel it's time that we have a reorientation of our minds. It's time we have a change of perspective so that we can see the Jesus way. We can see the Abraham way. See the blessing that was proclaimed upon Abraham. Let me make it clear. Let's read four verses upwards. Okay. Eight. It says that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. So by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. So now, this is a man that this whole place has been willed to you. It's supposed to be your inheritance. You are supposed to be the possessor of all these things. And then he sojourned. That means he journeyed in that land. As in a strange country. Amen. So something that actually belongs to you. You see in our generation or in our time. If something belongs to you, fight for it. You realize that if something belongs to you, really, really fight for it. So because of that, we have a, we are making the lawyers very rich. So people are fighting over small piece of land, small piece of property. Some of you have had the experience. If your property has been sold several times, everybody is trying to claim ownership. We are trying to find a true owner. So now... You have God telling you that me, I have given you this. <laughs> this is not from anybody. The Lord has told you that I've given you this. And from the Abraham experience, we realize that he had a capacity. If a man could defeat several kings, if a man could rescue people that have been captured, that means if Abraham had that empire mentality, he could have brought in all these kings to join him in his army. And he could have conquered created empires that were way, way, way bigger than what we can imagine. But no matter the size of the empire of men, you realize that it still comes to an end. Have you realized that? So kingdoms crashing down and we've seen it and represented in, even in, in the book of Daniel. 
Kinops come, they go. They crash and no matter how big that it is. And even in our time, now certain superpowers are afraid because it looks like if you don't take care, another superpower might take over. So it looks like there are seasons of rains and not everything is really, really that permanent. Hallelujah. Not everything is that really, really permanent because they are all inspired by the mind of men, the futile mind of men. And usually you see that when men pursue such path, it's usually for their own selfish interest. Their own selfish interest. And once selfishness coming, then it is not of God. Do you get it? When selfishness coming, the love of God is, is, is absent. So people try to get so many things, but it is it is not eternal. Hallelujah. It is not eternal. Someone said it rightly that you came to this world without anything and surely as you are going uh, you go with what? You go with nothing. Maybe you might go with a nice coffin or they'll pack your coffin with gold. How many of you have watched Diamond Ring before? <laughs> In our time there was a movie called Diamond Ring where a corpse was buried with with diamonds and uh, so, ma so many precious things. And certain robbers were aware of it. So in the night, in the middle of the night, they went to they went to steal the possessions of the cops. <laughs> that time it was a very, very scary about is that about 25 years ago or something. And it, it made us have strange dreams. Strange dreams. Ghost ghost like dreams that you have been afraid. <laughs> Those days. So now the ghost got bored <laughs> and started chasing the people that <laughs> that came to steal the, <laughs> the diamond ring. <laughs> the possession, the possessions of men is in their heart, even into the grave. <laughs> even unto death. Maybe, maybe at a later time we'll, we'll really look at some of these things when we are looking at what actually happens when a man dies. The, the, the actual experience. I'm not talking about you thinking that oh, once you die from here then you appear in heaven. Uh, it's not really like that. You appear in a place but it's not really like that. If that's the case then uh, heaven is sweet. We should all just go and kill ourselves and then just, just vanish. But it's not, it's not that way. It's not that way. So many people are so connected to what they think they have acquired, what they think that they have achieved. They feel that, okay, they have made a name. But you realize that many of these things are only relevant here on earth. Maybe true that if you are someone that is really well demonstrated, you might use that opportunity to make impact. That should be the only reason why a man should pursue that path. Because if it comes to just weighing what happens, the after effect of all things, then it is, it is really nothing. 
Do you get it? It is really not. And, and Solomon was truthful with us. He was a man that was highly conscious. Despite all his mistakes, the scriptures speak of his wisdom and understanding of many, 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 many things. He said they are actually vanity. Like, from your side right now, you, you are not saying that vanity. You really want it. But for his side, he, the one that has experienced it, is, is telling you that, no, it's not, it's not good. He that chased many people will tell you that, no, women will not help him. He that had everything, he will tell you that you should stay away from things that will intoxicate you. But ordinary man will say that, eh, once you had it, let me also have my time. Don't teach me wisdom in this. Let me just also experience some. They want to learn from what experiences. So a man's possession, a man's network, it consists not of the abundance of things that he actually possesses. Because no matter how, so you know you realize that people that go and trade in their lives for all sort of things, trade in the life of their friends, uh, precious family. Sometimes people take their mothers. I mean, what one level of wickedness could permeate into the heart of a man to say that I don't mind. I want to be rich. Recently, I heard Prophet Kofi Odu talking about something. I don't know whether you've heard it. He. You know how he speaks. He said, how come four friends or so or three friends, they went to do juju. They want to prosper, money rituals and all that. So they were told that, oh, they were not even told the exact time, but they said, oh, one of them will die. But they were willing to, because everybody is optimistic, thinking that it will not be what? <laughs> it will not be him. In the long run, after they finished the ritual, the next day, one of them died, but they, they, they only put that new amongst themselves. And they knew that, oh, then probably that's the sacrifice for their, their wealth. And interestingly, he said these people were able to buy Corolla and Camry. Corolla, Corolla. Like. <laughs> so the sacrifice of the soul of your of your friend, it could only buy you Corolla and then some small amount of money all the days of your life. Even that one, you will not live for long. He said, no, 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 no. He said for him, if it was him. He started mentioning the type of plane that he wants, the quantities. Like things that were, <laughs> that were beyond. No, how can you trade your mother's life for, for something like this? Corolla. Camry. And that's what is happening. That is what is happening. Sometimes those that even go for other things, some might not even go for other things, but they choose other paths. I had very good friends. I remember when we were in class, uh, class six, or let's say class four, class five. But their eyes were open to the internet. When we were young, then you said, oh, they are going to internet cafe. Those put their eyes where were, were opened. So they knew a lot of crazy things. They were doing this internet at that age. 
So some of them stopped schooling. They didn't go to JSS. I mean, some of them were very, very intelligent. Very, some of them like you can see, okay, maybe second best or third best. Very, very intelligent in class. Then by the time I realized they are driving cars. They bought four bedroom house. This one, I don't know whether they went for something or but I'm just telling you the party. They became big, big, big guys, having almost everything. Until recently, around my area, I met one of the guys that was a guru, like, he forgot the school, he forgot everything. And when I met him, the guy was initially was big, but now he has become like one. He has become like one, and not just one. He has become alcoholic. Like everything is drained. There's no money. Many years. After how many years? More than. Then we saw him. He said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He remembered me. Then he started said, Okay, if I, if I live around, then he started asking, Okay, send me credit. Send me this. Send me that. Send me that. The pathway. These were people that became rich, very rich, I and mean, very, very rich. Some might have their riches maintained. I mean, but all that I'm trying to say is that this thing is not worth the trading of your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's not worth the trading of your life. Abraham was so blessed, and yet he sojourned in the land of promise. He dwelt in tents. He was with his children or whatever, like his servants, the people around dwelling on that same land. If it was my land, what would you be thinking of? Abraham didn't lack much. I'll think of building some school complex, a city. Even if Abel, uh, what's the name, came to build a city and this, this. I mean, for Abraham, with God's blessing on you, but this man, look at his, his insight into spiritual things. So, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in, in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. You know tabernacles? With Isaac. So, dwelling in tents. tents, As if he was camping. With Isaac and Jacob. So Isaac and Jacob. So we can see that he saw their, their children. With Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city. Which had foundations. Whose builder and maker is God. So I believe that you see. When God spoke to Abraham, even though the blessings and the things were coming, Abraham was still moving. Trying to search for a city whose builder is actually God. That's why he didn't bother himself trying to do his own thing. His mind was something else afar off. His mind was out of this, this place of existence. 
his mind was focused on what God has built. Because all the things that we can ever have, no matter how God blesses, these are very, very, uh, they are perishable. They are perishable. The only investment, as I said, that can be so impactful is the investment into men. So men are what we actually call treasures. Do you get it? Men are what we call treasures. So you can invest into the life of a man and then the man will be so grateful for the impact that you made in his life. Some will say that I met a man and my life was turned around. I met a man. I was deeply into sin and my life was changed. These are the testimonies. Do you get it? I met someone and he showed me a way. It turned my life around. Those are the testimonies. It's not even about you doing so much. But how impactful can you be in the life of your children? In the life of those around you? What is your vision? What are you visualizing? What are you seeing? What is guiding the scope of your vision? Ask yourself, what is the extent of your vision? Why are you saying that you do what you are doing? Is it because you have seen an example? What is the purpose of it all? Or you are inspired to do it because you saw another man do it? Hallelujah. There's so much that we need to learn from Jesus. I'll call it the Jesus way. Hallelujah. There's so much that we need to learn from Jesus. In Philippians 2, what did he speak about? He demonstrates the life of Jesus and makes us aware of his divinity. Amen. So divinity descending into humanity as if it is a devotion and yet it was an idea that originated from God and it was like a seed being broadcasted into the earth. Hallelujah. And he took upon himself certain key qualities without which he could not have accomplished this great work. And I believe that if we want to have fruits that will last eternally, we need to look at Jesus. For the sake of understanding, let's go to Philippians 2 then. Philippians 2. It's a scripture I love so much. I feel that every Christian should actually meditate on that it will it will guide your life it will it will change the way you deal with matters the way you think in fact every day every day every day everybody should read philippians 2. okay let's go philippians 2 verse 5 say that let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus what is he say? Is that let's say that I mean let's go. Let, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So what is that mind? Let's look at it. He said, Who being 
in the form of God. So we know that Jesus is the express image of his person. Jesus is the word of life. He is our Lord from heaven. He said, who being in the form of God taught it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. Hallelujah. Amen. So have you realized that reputation doesn't really matter in the long run? But later it matters. Let's look at it. <laughs> but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. So someone now, look, 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 look at the, I don't know whether you call it a demotion or you call it humility or humiliation or whatever you call it, but it's for a very good purpose. He said, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So now the likeness of God become the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. And you see, even, even if you look at the circumstances surrounding his birth, I mean, if, if a king will be born, like, and the heavens are showing the, the kind of star that, that it is, how come a king will be born in such a place? To the point that there was no hospital to even deliver. That's crazy, like, That is not even the main content of the message here. But I'm trying to let you know that what he actually went through from birth to death. That experience shows a lot of humility. Considering the kind of glory that he had. At a point, remember he, he prayed. And when he was praying, he spoke about the glory that he had with the Father. Somebody said, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? And when the disciples caught a glimpse of the kind of greatness that the man Jesus was, because of the kind of mindset that he had, which was not spiritual, they wanted to abuse the power. They just discovered glimpses of it. So why don't we call fire? At least to show that we are, they know that mm, this man is more powerful. He's more powerful than Elijah. He's more powerful than Elijah. More powerful than Moses. More powerful than all the great prophets of old. More powerful than our patriarchs and all that. Somebody who can say that before Abraham was, I am. Hallelujah. Before he was, before Abraham was, I am. I am. He's trying to say that he's, he, was, he was existing before Abraham. Mm -hmm. And yet, we say the seed of Abraham. You see? 
if anything, he's supposed to say, oh, our father Abraham. And yet he showed such level of what? Humility. And he was obedient even to the death of the cross. So when being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, humility, and became obedient, obedience unto death, even the death of the cross. Then what happened after the seed was sown? He said, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So now it brings me to the main content of the message I would want to deliver. Jesus was the word made flesh. Amen. Amen. And we know the power of God's word. We know the word of his power. We know the power of his word. We know how great it is. We know the prophecy that accompanied his life from the book of Genesis till his time of fulfillment and how he walked and fulfilled all these words we are sure of these things so that means a lot was actually handed over to him and we realized that because he took upon himself the form of a servant he started having passions like us like he had like passions just as the scriptures would say that elijah was also a man of like passions Despite all that, what did he do? He was such so disciplined to the point that he was able to pray. He locked the heavens. He prayed unlocked the heavens. Hallelujah. Amen. Because of that, we can boldly quote the scripture. That we say in almost all our prayer meetings. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man making what tremendous power available all there. <clears throat> The fervent prayer of a righteous man. Uh, I've been at match. Hallelujah. He was a man of like passion, meaning that he took upon himself this. So whatever tendencies that you feel that you had in you or you, you have in you, that is not making you progress. Similar thing was in Jesus. You know why? Why the, the enemy has tempted Jesus with food? you know why? Because he liked food. Oh yeah. Am I lying? It, it, is, it is in the scriptures. Like, the, the, the people were wondering, the, the spiritual people, those considered spiritual in his days, they were thinking that, okay, this guy is acting strangely like a madman. They were talking about the cousin of Jesus. That, ah, he's like a Batman, but the people see him as a prophet but they to him okay he's a prophet but we feel there's a demon that is making him strange like that how can a man be wearing uh sheep sheep on clothing and camels whatever like i mean do they see how that that things have you ever seen sheepskin before they're wrong not 
when, when, when it is removed and even dry there's a particular stench on it so you can imagine the the, the kind of stench and moreover you decide to stay far away from men be in the deserted places I mean far away from the good people the people that you consider good then your meal is certain strange who will be eating some of these things but that was a delicacy for him so that was strange why would you be eating these wild dishes why would you be eating locust anyway that was that was him so they said he had a demon so then when jesus was coming he decided to come in the opposite direction you see not that he can he couldn't do we know that he fasted and all that but that was the time it was mentioned he needed to fast to show you that whatever moses did that you used to hype him or whatever elijah did that you used to hype him there's a greater than elijah and there's a greater than moses that has come so he also did that so that you know but they said behold he came when he came he decided to wine and time and party jesus was very very free hallelujah was very 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 free so he was whining dining uh partying one of the testimonies is the fact that they even told him that he should come and change the water into wine and then when jesus did that testimony he did it to the highest quality of wine that you can imagine and you know in this uh, generation if you want to see the highest quality of wine there are wines that have been kept in barrels for like years generations meaning that the fermentation has taken place well yeah it's just like i know some people if because they don't want to take the right alcohol they can do kongnakoto uh, and then mashke and then wait for it to to ferment or they can easily they will buy fresh palm oil as if it's fresh but they will definitely keep it palm oil at least it is natural it is natural then they will wait for the alcohol content to really rise high then they they take they take to the point of intoxication oh it is just it is just palm wine uh, but they know their, their agenda uh, they know what that's why sometimes when you drink you, you you have to sleep you have to sleep yeah so jesus came doing completely he showed that he could do what john the baptist could do but he did it minimally then they started saying that behold a man that is glutinous gluten 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 and come gluten yeah you the man platonos and what wine bible bokoni small than bokoni small nini you see can someone do the tree translation for me <laughs> and and you know there are, there are testimonies in the scriptures so you even in the 
life of his friends, they know that Jesus doesn't joke with his food. His disciples know that he doesn't joke with his food. But then he also plays spirituality when it comes to that, so that they, they wouldn't also fully condemn him. You remember when Jesus was hungry and then the disciples decided to go and then buy some food. Then as he's waiting, why didn't he go with them? Okay, he had a spiritual agenda. Probably he was really hungry as well. <laughs> and he wanted to accomplish his spiritual agenda. Then people have gone, they are going to buy the food and they've, they've come back. When they come, then you tell them that your, your meat is to do the will of him that sent you. Meanwhile, they all know. I can imagine how if, if assuming you are my disciples and I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, you know that I'm very, very hungry. When, when you came, I was, I was teaching the word. I make it look like the food you are bringing, but I'm not even interested in that. I want to just serve God. Everybody that worked with Jesus knew that it was very, very important. So the women knew. The women around the supporters knew, so they ensured that at least there was enough money around, there was, there was food around, and all that. These are things that God really loves, that the needs of people be catered for, and the basic needs of people, food, water, and what, uh, clothing. And these are the very things that our Lord Jesus also mentioned, that it is very, very good that we, we do them. You see. So, another instance is in the Lazarus house uh, where we all know the story Martha is trying to please the master doing something that is very important trying to prepare the, the dishes so that after the master finishes he can have something to, to eat to make himself happy then Martha needed a little assistance comes to call Mary. Mary said he was listening to Jesus' teaching. But we all know that after the teaching, there has to be what? Food. There has to be attempted. There has to be refreshment. But it is people that actually prepare the food. You know how people can get what even if they go for a wedding. You see, you are going for the wedding because of the personal. You are going to the funeral because you want to honor the person. But they get to the funeral grounds and they go back home with what? Anger. They go back home. That hey, they didn't serve. They didn't serve. They didn't do this. They didn't do this. What, what was your intention for attending the program? Oh, they didn't do it. They did several well. Oh, I'm a woman. They, they did well. Oh, they did they, 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 they have done well. If you hear people saying that they have done well, their food is good. The food is good. You see? So sometimes we forget the main purpose. You are going there to honor the invitation, the wedding invitation. You are going there to uh, give your final respect to, uh, to the dead. But now you get there and after everything you are, you are hungry and then you get angry. Because they didn't, they didn't serve you. So Martha was right that okay, we there are people who are always there. They need to keep the uh, the washroom clean. They need to keep the how do we call it uh, the kitchen clean. Food is food should be prepared. Things like there are people that ensure that things are going on, but Jesus still 
emphasize the importance of the word. Despite the fact that he also needed food, he still emphasized the importance of the meat of his word. He said, that, that, is, that is what I desire to do. My will or my desire is to do the will of him that sent me. My meat, my meat is to do the will of God. So when it comes to even the meat of God's word, the one that is conforming to the will of God is the one that is walking in the meat of God's word. The one that has become one with what God's word. That is what it means. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So, so much has been given to everybody, uh, everybody according to his own uh, ability. Let me end. So, Jesus in Matthew 25 spoke about something. He spoke about a parable that we all know the parable of the, of the talents that were distributed. Let your mind be here. So, Jesus said that there was a master a rich man someone that was very very wealthy and what did he do he wanted to travel into a very far land and he had so much in his possession so before he traveled he called three of his servants and decided to distribute his wealth to his servants according to their what abilities amen does it sound like something you've heard in scripture concerning the grace of God. It sounds similar, right? Okay. So, God has distributed to each man. So, this is it. So, to the first person, the scripture says that he gave five. Five talents. And let me explain what a talent is. A talent is a scale of measurement or a standard of measurement or let's say a unit of measurement. It varies from different places. But in ancient Israel, uh, you can you can liken it to let's say an amount of gold or an amount of how do you call it a measurement of silver if you are measuring something like gold let's say that will be over 90 kilograms because of the uh, the molecular weight of gold and and if you are looking at silver maybe over 40 kilograms but then you can see that it's quite sizable that's what one talent can represent and one talent to the ordinary laborer, one talent to the ordinary laborer is worth about 20, what, 20 years of wages. But then maybe to a very, the very rich people, maybe a year or two. You understand? They're very rich people. You know, sometimes you, some people's annual salary might be, let's say, 5,000 because maybe they are earning 800 cities or something around, yeah. or they are earning something lower. But some people do their annual salary is like fifty thousand. Others, the annual salary is like five hundred thousand. Do you get it? So depending on your, on where you are, it will mean maybe uh, let's say an entire year's wages, or let's say about twenty years' wages to the ordinary person. So that is a lot of, a lot of money. That is like your entire life. You know, in this life, you go to school for quite a number of years, and you work for quite a number of years, and then you come to rest for quite a number of years. So imagine. 20 years of your life, you know, your, your life's work. That is the one talent. That's what it means. Meaning that one talent is even so much, so enough. But then the master looked at the skills, the qualities, and the abilities of the people. And what did he do? He decided to give one five. He gave another what? Two. 
Then he gave another one. Then he left. Then after a long while, the master returned. And when he came, the master was seeking for accountability and he was seeking for profitability. Accountability and profitability. So, the first person came. He said, Master, thank you so much for giving me this, uh, this blessing. They saw it as a blessing. They saw it as a gift. They saw it as an opportunity. I've been able to work with it. I've traded with it. And I've invested it. I've done business with it. And now I have extra, extra five. The master was pleased. Then the person with the two also came and gave a similar testimony. The master was very pleased. And now the person with one. So remember, it was not discrimination. It's according to what their abilities. So what you can, there are some people when you give them, uh, how do you call it, uh, more than they can carry, it becomes a burden on their, on their head. You know that, you know that, when you give certain people more than what they can carry, you are rather hurting, hurting them. Sometimes it might cause several problems that you cannot imagine. Others, others, it's also like cooking. Some people, they can cook very well, but they cannot cook for plenty of people. The moment they are cooking for plenty, measurements will be out of, out of place and, and the food might not be nice. So it's a skill. How come you see papaya will cook and the food is still like the same? For all these years because they have mastered how to cook forward uh, large numbers of of people yes so according to each man's ability but then you realize that the understanding that they all possess was very very different it was very 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 different some saw it as a blessing and an opportunity and they were pleased with the with the offer that was given but the other person saw it like saw it like a like a bad investment as if God has not given him anything or the master has not given him anything and we are talking about the worth of the money the other time I think I was explaining to you that if you had one CD one CD in 2010 is it 2010? was it 2009? when one city was one dollar or so. Okay. So you first time one city equivalent to what? One dollar. So now in my mind I know that I'm giving you that I'm measuring everything according to the dollar. I think that's what most currencies are paid to. Almost everything is paid to the to the dollar. So so me what I gave you at that time is paid to the dollar. So now, at least, if you will not do anything with the money I'll give you, if I come, let me have at least that same value of the dollar in that present world, that present day. What did the master get? He came and whatever amount of CDs that was given to him is what he returned. One talent CD. He just brought it back. But the master was also seeing the thing that, ah, I was paying the thing to the dollar. And we all know that it is in, it is paid to the dollar. So that one CD should be what? 
that one dollar. But because he did not do anything with it, he did not give it to the exchanges, he did not do anything, he just decided to say that the master is a wicked master. Different understanding, different perception. He rather messed up the money, dug the ground, and then hid it there. And the money actually devalued. So now, imagine I have come back many years, let's say, compared to our time. Now I've come back in 20, um, 2023. Then I said, oh, make account of the money that I gave you. Because what I knew is that what I gave you was worth one dollar. And now, what you are giving me is one twelfth of what that I actually gave to you. Can you? Do you understand what I'm trying to carry across? At least give me my equivalent over all these years. And now, what that money could buy in that time? What it what, what it could do in that time? Now, it can only cater for you for maybe a year. He cannot get that for you for 20 years. It was, that's what devalued. Hallelujah. Open to March 25, then we close. I've already given an idea of the story, so. 18. He said, But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained uh, beside them five more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So here we can see that there are a lot of virtues that we can we can actually learn from here. A lot of virtues that we can learn from here. He said, How be what? Faithful over a few things. I will make thee what? Ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. This is how promotion actually comes. Hallelujah. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, I'll make thee over the ruler of many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he that had one talent came and said, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown." And gathering where thou hast not strolled. And I was afraid. So you can see fear. He was not walking in faith. He was not walking in joy. He was not walking. He was not excited that the master has been kind to him. He didn't see anything good about whatever the master gave to him. But rather the report that he had of the master was what? He said, I know that you want to reap where you have not one living. Hey, <laughs> How many of you can stand and tell your CEO that? How many of you can stand and say that? You might say maybe behind his back and back. You, you can't go and say this to him. And went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou 
thou hast that that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful. So what was the description that the master gave to him? So he said, You are a wicked and slothful servant. The other people, the other two, what, what was the report? Good and what? Faithful. So now the master is, is given his judgment. And you are seeing that the one that is the one that is rather thinking ill of the master is rather the one that is not seeing well. Because how come all the other two, all the other groups they were pleased with what the master gave? They were very, very, very pleased with what the master gave. So now, from the master's perspective, master's judgment, you know, master, the master has the rule. The master can say, "Okay, move here. I suck you, or I'm throwing you out." So now, the master's judgment. Measuring the performance of the of the servant, what did he say? He said, "You are wicked and what slothful. You are wicked." He said, "Thou what?" His Lord answered and said unto him, "Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed." Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Now what did he say? Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which had ten talents. Then look at it. For unto every one that had shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that had not shall be taken away, even that which uh, he had. And then cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and then the gnashing of, of teeth. So I just want us to draw a little lesson from, from this. These are parables. I hope you understand the nature of parables. Yes. So there's a lesson that we need to draw from this. Putting to use what has been given to us. And I gave the example of Jesus. He being in the form of God considered not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of God. No reputation. And he humbled himself even to the form of a servant. And he was what? So much obedient. He was humble and obedient even to the death of the cross. Even when it felt like it was a battle, the man was obedient to the death of the cross because what he was looking at was not about the things that are perishable it's not about the things that we think we see around that will make us happy and, and that will make us feel important in this life but those things are not they are not important they are not important you know i don't know whether you have ever felt this before. if you have actually owned something before if you have actually used something before, or let's say you've not used something before, you are always anticipating that, oh, let me let me use the thing. Maybe you want you want a particular phone. You have been designed a particular phone, and now you, you have the phone. Now measure your state of excitement with the excitement that you had before. Is it the same? You realize that it begins to work. It just it just depreciates just like that. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus is trying to say that those things are not really the important things. Those things are not really the important. There's the reason why sometimes many people, after accomplishing so so much, they still do not find fulfillment in whatever they have they have done. So at the point, okay, then right now let me let me let me give you a perfect scenario. There are some people. I don't think they will need money in this life because they, they are okay. But then now they are seeking political appointment. Do you understand? Somebody will say, oh, it is still the goal of money. But sometimes you look into it and you realize that no, it is not really the goal of money. But there's that thing, that thing that your self-actualization, there's that thing that he feels that, oh, I still have to feel important. I have to be important. And the only way to be important is to get to that particular level. One of my bosses told me, oh, he wants to, he's okay, very big. So he wants to go into, so he's planning to move into politics. Do you understand? Because it, he, he doesn't, he's okay, he's hidden, nobody knows you. But at the point, you, you want to make more impact. So it's like never-ending test. It's like as you are climbing, you would always want to want to climb. It's like, like a trap. Do you understand it? So do not be caught up so much in, in some of these things. Let us look at the things that are eternal. The things that are eternal. And then let us put to use all the deposits that God has given to us. There's no one here who is not blessed, who is not gifted. You might not know it now, but everybody here has something. And what you have is so much, so much that if you are comparing it to, I mean, the master's estimation in the parable, at least what you have is over 90 kilograms of gold. Or let's say over 40 kilograms of gold. What, uh, how many of you remember gold? Gold, this thing. One kilogram was how much? Or the international market you can measure the one kilogram of gold and then maybe multiply by 90 and let's see so the estimate of the master is that that is how much value even with the one so the one that doesn't think that he, that does not think that he has even the value of one is so much so find that thing that god has given to you and then make full proof of it bless your generation with that thing that ability make impact and as i said this kind of blessing that we are trying to uh, bless our generation with it is not of any selfish interest but rather doing the will of the lord hallelujah doing the will of the lord, finding ourselves in god's will even the jesus's way that is the way to go. Let us make these choices in life. I want us to have seasons of reflections. The year is coming to an end. And you have lived on the earth for a while. You have been around for a while. And you have been around for a while. Yesterday I was calculating. I said, hey, you have been preaching for long, small calculated it was like almost 17 years i said wow really wow wow it's been long you see 
think about that thing that God has given to you. Make amendments where you have to make amendments. Begin to perceive those things. Make impact in the life of men. Change lives. That is what matters. Or you want to be a wicked rich man. Make impact in the life of men. Change lives. Affect lives positively. Think like how Jesus would think. Let's be upstanding.
in submission to the will of God in all our pursuits on this earth. Lord, we pray that we will gain insight and understanding into the times. Insight and understanding into what you have called us for. We pray that our hearts will be far away from worldliness in the name of Jesus. And just as the fathers of faith demonstrated to us, we will visualize exactly what you show us. We are fully persuaded of your word. We will embrace your word. And we will profess and confess your word wherever we find ourselves. Lord, we pray for empowerment that will take every opportunity to make your name known in the name of Jesus. Be it in the workplace, be it in our businesses, in our families. Lord, we pray for that empowerment that we will sound the trumpet of the Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to serve May we serve just as you did. To serve our generation with life. To serve our generation with the peace of God. Make an impact in our families. Make an impact in our immediate environment and beyond. Thank you for making us as able vessels in your hands. May we be stirred up for greater works. Stirred up for all the good works that you have foreordained that we should walk in. We thank you for grace. We thank you for the gifts bestowed upon us. We thank you for life and the opportunity to serve in Jesus' name. Amen. Give a hand of praise to the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. See, you see the, you see the, the, the closing clap. Amen. It shows that we have been proved. Amen. Amen. 
Yeah. Am I lying? You have improved the men. So it's it's an appreciation that you 